Pure Wow presents Stream On, your weekly download of TV and streaming news and reviews. And now, your hosts, Phil Mutz, Pure Wow's VP of News and Entertainment, and Rachel Golmi, Pure Wow's Managing Editor of Branded Content. Well, hello, Rachel. Hello, Phil. It's been quite the week in the world of streaming. Oh, my gosh. I think that's an understatement. In the words of Amy Schumer, did I miss anything? (laughs) I can't keep up. I think we should just dive right in. Yeah, we've got a lot to get to today. So we've got the slap heard round the world. A TV set I wouldn't mind living in. The top two shows on Netflix, both of which you should totally skip. And the return of reality TV's most famous family. Ooh, I can't wait to hear about that. Well, (laughs) let's get right to the news. This just in. This week's streaming news. Several women made history at the Oscars this past Sunday. So naturally, all anybody's talking about is a man who slapped another man. And don't you worry, we're obviously going to talk about it some more. Much like winter, House of the Dragon is coming. After what feels like an eternity, HBO has finally announced that the Game of Thrones prequel will premiere on August 21st. The 10-episode series is set two centuries before the events of Game of Thrones and will show how the House of Targaryen fell into a brutal civil war known as the Dance of the Dragons. Oscar who? The Razzie Awards have also been announced, revealing the worst of the worst for the year. Leading the pack were Diana the Musical, available to Hate Watch on Netflix, and Space Jam, A New Legacy, available for your Looney Tunes-inspired drinking games on HBO Max. Condolences to Jared Leto for winning Worst Supporting Actor for House of Gucci, now on Amazon Prime. (laughs) Poor Jared Leto. It's official. Gillian Anderson can do it all. Not only can the actor and producer expertly switch between an American and British accent, hashtag by dialectal, But she also signed a first-look two-year deal with Netflix and her company Fiddlehead Productions. And in the wise words of Netflix, in Gillian Anderson, we trust. Okay, I mean, we could do a whole entire podcast on the word (laughs) bi-dialectal, but that was... (laughs) I learned something new today. Um, But we obviously have to at least talk about the Oscars a little bit. Oh, my God. So if you're you're living under a rock, come on out for a minute. Um, So obviously Chris Rock made a joke about Jada Pinkett being bald. It was wildly insensitive as she has alopecia. Her husband, Will Smith, then rose from his seat, slapped Chris Rock on stage in front of a national audience, and then proceeded to swear at him from his seat after that. Yeah, so obviously everybody and their mother has been talking about this and writing about this and dissecting this. Thoughts, Rachel? (laughs) To be honest, I thought I was a little confused when it first happened. I thought the whole thing was staged. And then when I realized like how Chris Rock reacted to it and was so caught off guard, I was like, oh, dang, like that, that really just happened. I mean, honestly, there's been so many things coming out about it, whether it was staged or not, because people are still thinking it's staged. Okay. All right. No way. It wasn't staged. These are conspiracy theories. I'm going to put the kibosh on that right now. We're not. No. Uh -uh. Agreed. But people talk, you know? Yeah. People are idiots. At the end of the day, like this man assaulted, whether it was a slap or a hit or whatever you want to call it, another man, like out of nowhere. I just, and then he got a standing ovation. Like I genuinely don't. Yeah, it's a little disturbing. It's like not okay. (laughs) And honestly, oh, aside from Will Smith, I thought the whole show in general was like very weird. Everyone's kind of skipping over the whole Regina Hall thing and skit that she did about how she was like patting down male celebrities for COVID tests. And like, if that was roles reversed, I I can't even imagine 
like what people would be saying. And I don't know, everyone's just skipping over that because of the whole Will Smith situation. Yeah, I think uh, it's easy to skip over a lot of things because of that situation. And so I inherently feel super weird about discussing this because my main takeaway and my main feeling is that several women were robbed because of this thing. Serena and Venus, the actresses from the actual film he was in, Jada herself, the three female hosts, and so many others. It was like a historic night for women, and the thing everybody's talking about is this. It begs the question, do we need to give more attention to this man on a night of historic moments for women? And do we need my opinion as a white person commenting on a black woman's hair and the ensuing commentary around that? And then do we need my opinion as a man defending women in general, because I'm here saying, oh, what about the women? But isn't that the whole point? Like Will Smith tried to, quote unquote, defend a woman who is perfectly capable of speaking for herself. And so like by me talking about it, I feel super freaking weird because does anybody need my opinion on this? Should there even be any more opinions on this? Like we should have been talking about all the historic moments. As a woman, I just feel like if my husband were to do that, I just, I I can't even wrap my head around it because at the end of the day, like, why are you hitting someone else? That's it. That's it. That's end of story. Bye. It seems like a pretty basic open and shut case. We all saw it. It's on TV. Exactly. I I mean, I do just because of the nature of the night, I do want to list a couple of the historic moments that did happen. Like Jane Campion made history as only the third woman ever to win Best Director for Power of the Dog. Uh, That's after Catherine Bigelow and Chloe Zhao. Only seven women have ever been nominated for Best Director ever, and she was already one of them. So that number didn't even increase. Uh, It's still seven um, because she was previously nominated for the piano. Ariana DeBose made history as the first queer actor of color to win an Oscar. And then the Regina Hall patting down Jason Momoa aside, those three hosts did make history also as the first time the Oscars were hosted by three women. And I actually thought they were really freaking funny. That opening monologue was so good. I mean, Amy Schumer... I want to read her quote because it was so funny from the beginning when she says, after years of Hollywood ignoring women's stories, this year we finally got a movie about the incredible Williams sisters' dad. And I just thought, (laughs) yeah, if that doesn't sum up, then what happened later? I mean, talk about foreshadowing. So, Rachel, forget Will Smith, forget Chris Rock, enough about men slapping men. What'd you watch this week and what did you like? The Hits of the Week. I have a feeling my hit is going to be your miss. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so, I'm so excited about this. This is going to be great. Just, I'm thinking. I, I could be wrong. but um, So my hit of the week is Bridgerton. Oh, I won't give away if that's my miss of the week, but it's not my hit of the week. <laughs> Go ahead. I want to hear about this. I like season two. <laughs> From the reviews, everyone seems very torn. People either really like it or they really don't like it. Um, so if you don't know, Bridgerton season two, um, it takes place, or the whole series in general, takes place in the early 1800s in the Regency era in England. And um, it follows the love lives of these young adults in like the social season and the marriage market. And they're all about finding that true love. It's the number one show on Netflix, Rachel. So I don't think it's, I don't think you should be ashamed of finding this to be a hit. Oh, I'm not. I'm not ashamed. Oh, good. Okay. So I, I just personally love the, the set. Like it is just so beautiful. The flowers, the colors, the costumes, the gowns. Like I just, oh, I, I want to live in, I want to live in Bridgerton. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the appeal of it is you, you look yeah. at it and you go, oh, it's just this like candy colored world I want to live in. I, I get that. I was also saying to my husband when I was watching it, can you just imagine dressing up like that every single day <laughs> in a full more than black tie um, dress code? I, I, it's crazy. But aside from that. 
I, I love the characters. I, you know, in the first season, you kind of meet all the, the eight Bridgerton siblings. You really see them like growing up and their love stories and their friend, how their friends are and they're getting friends. It's just, I just love it. I, I love growing up with them. And I just think it's such a cute little show. Yeah. And a are lot you, of people are, you are romantic at heart because this is very, I mean, that's what it is. It's romance, the whole thing. And it's funny because I'm not. And I I don't know why. It's I, Yeah, I know. Like, why am I drawn to it if I'm not a romantic? But I just think it's, I love the way that it's done. And I love the costumes. I love the set. And I think that's what really gets me. And I like the time period, too. Just the dressing. I'm not going to, again, spoil if this might be my <laughs> miss of the week. But I will say, I agree with you. I think it's bright. It's beautiful. And you and you get to see rear male nudity, which I, I just think ever since, you know, uh, Dennis Franz back, I'm really dating myself, back on NYPD Blue, you know, showed his butt. I was like, you know what? Bring on more male butt on TV. And we, <laughs> we got last season with Reggae Jean Page. So Reggae Jean Page was obviously Simon Bassett in season one of Bridgerton. He does not return. He's not going to appear much to the chagrin of fans everywhere, but he doesn't appear in the books. It's a book series, you know, and he he his character is a focus of book one and not moving forward. And he also, as an actor, just made the decision not to return. Everybody who's spoken about it, Shonda Rhimes, have all indicated that he only signed on for one season. And it does seem that he is likely to move on to bigger and better things and not be tied down to eight years of doing Bridgerton because there are eight siblings and eight books. So... That's why we're not seeing him in season two. And we get Jonathan Bailey, who also another handsome butt to look at. <laughs> you know what? I don't even miss Simon. A lot of people were going to say they they miss him. Oh, and I don't even, he was not a great actor. I like, I'm, I, I like Jonathan Bailey. Uh, that's about it for what I like about it. But, you know, I think, <laughs> come on. I think male butt is underrated on TV. Oh. I also love that we're going to have another disagreement here mm. because you gave me a homework assignment last week and you asked me to watch an episode of The After Party on Apple TV, which you did not like. Did you like it? Rachel, I watched eight episodes in under 24 hours and I never do that. I oh my love <laughs> this freaking show. We don't have to re-explain the whole concept. Obviously, it's a murder mystery at a high school reunion. It's great. Tiffany Haddish is the, the detective. It made me laugh out loud so many times each episode. Each episode shifts genre, so it Mm. doesn't get boring as a murder mystery. You know, each character, as they're getting interviewed, tells the story in a different genre. One tells it in, you know, a rom-com format. One's a horror episode. One's an action episode. And my favorite was episode three, and it's the one that focuses on Ben Schwartz from Parks and Rec. And it was a full-on musical episode with original songs, and it was so fun. I just really enjoyed myself. And out of the eight episodes, only one was a real miss for me. And it was, I don't know if you even made it this far in this season, uh, but there's an animated episode that I went, you know, Mm. okay, we could have just skipped that one. Uh, It didn't feel very clever or interesting, but the other seven were really good. And I love, I told you this last week, I love a whodunit. And don't tell me because I didn't get to the end. Oh, okay. (laughs) There there won't be that spoiler on this this show, I promise. (laughs) I'm not going to spoil whodunit. Um, But they dropped so many clues in the very first episode and I was like, oh, that's a clue. Oh, that's a clue. That's a clue. And, I, you know, I don't know what they mean yet. You know, obviously in episode one, you find out over the course of this season. But I love how they slowly reveal the meaning behind each one and what each thing reveals. And it's so much more complicated. It just really was enjoyable as a kid who grew up watching Murder, She Wrote and Scooby-Doo religiously. Uh, those were my options. But they were, you know, <laughs> I, I felt like it was a really satisfying show. And it's been renewed for season two. So oh. I do think it's worth, you know, 
plowing through Rachel. If you haven't, obviously you didn't make it to the end yet, but I think it's <laughs> worth it. And Tiffany Haddish is returning as Detective Danner in season two. So I imagine it'll be a whole new cast of celebrities and comedians playing all of the roles in the next edition of The Murder Mystery. That makes me feel good. I'm going to, I only got two episodes in, so I'm definitely going to finish it because like I said, I always finish my shows. But speaking of my homework, I, you told me to watch The Thing About Pam and I loved it. Oh, good. It was, yeah. I only watched the first two episodes, I want to say. Uh, I might've watched the third. It was, oh my gosh, I, it was so good. Renee Zellweger is, she makes me like hate her. I, and. Oh yeah. Uh, she's so good at this unlikable person. And I'm not going to Google it. No, you shouldn't Google it. I I, yeah, I I do regret this. You know, one of my biggest regrets in life is Googling what really happened in the thing about Pam. I'm so glad you liked it. And I'm glad we yes. finally have a moment of oh. agreement on a show here. Oh. I know we're really just confusing everybody here. <laughs> watch it. Don't watch it. But I think I think it's good to give all perspectives. Uh, yes. But while we're talking about hits, I also I, I know we've talked about a bunch, but I think it would be a mistake not to mention Severance on Apple TV+. It is such a great show. It is this dystopian sci-fi thriller starring Adam Scott from Parks and Rec and Patricia Arquette from Medium and John Turturro, who played the cop in Night Of on HBO, Christopher Walken, who everybody loves. Mm. And it is just twists and turns and they drop so many surprises. I really, if you like a thriller, I really recommend. And it's a slow burn, but it's great. And our editor-in-chief, Jillian Quint, uh, she dove into the latest theories on Pure Wow. So you should definitely check that out if you're all caught up. But some of these theories really rocked my world. And the latest twist from the show really rocked my world. So, and I'm not one for hyperbole. Just kidding. Obviously, I am. But it rocked my world, Rachel. <laughs> so I'm Severance on Apple it. TV Plus, let's make that your homework. I need you to watch okay, one episode. Because okay. I, want, I want to talk about this with you. Okay. And one of my favorite things about Severance is at the end of a lot of the episodes is the first name to pop up on the screen is Ben Stiller, which is... And like the Ben Stiller, you know, meet the parents, Ben Stiller, where uh, he he's an executive producer on the show. He directed a lot of the episodes. And it's interesting because you just don't associate him with this kind of thrillery thing. I just think of him as like Zoolander, Goofy, all of that. Um, <laughs> Blue Steel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I also I haven't watched it yet, but Purewell gave a rave review to Moonshot on HBO Max, which is the sci fi rom-com starring Lana Condor and Cole Sprouse. Mm. And if you haven't been watching Abbott Elementary on ABC slash Hulu, you are making a mistake. It is so good. If you love The Office, you love that mockumentary style, you absolutely have to watch. Now, what did you hate, Rachel? Misses of the Week. My miss of the week is, have you seen this man on Hulu? It's a docuseries about a computer salesman named John Rufo who swindled banks out of $350 million. He was supposed to report for his 17-year prison sentence, and he rents a car and vanishes. <laughs> and he has never been seen again. Hence the title, Have You Seen This Man? It, You know what? The trailer looked really good, and I feel like maybe they got... Maybe they gave it all away in the trailer, but not really because, you know, there's still so much more to the story. I only watched the first episode and I fell asleep. I normally never do that. You are an avid TV viewer. And, and if you don't like something, you shouldn't feel obligated to watch the whole thing or finish it. I always have to see things through. I think it's OK if you want to skip the rest of this one. I'm giving you permission. But also, this is one of a million of these true crime things that are happening right now. So this is based on an ABC News podcast. I have not watched it. And Based on your recommendation, I'm going to skip it too. But yeah. it's hosted by Sonny Hostin of The View fame. And this just seems to be the trend with true crime, right? Like podcasts inspiring docuseries here, a podcast or docuseries inspiring like a new drama, like the thing about Pam. 
I mean, look, we had like The Staircase, which was a Netflix docuseries. We had that uh, is now going to be a fictionalized show with Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones. We have Dirty John. That was a podcast and then became a show with Connie Britton. So I I feel like this is like a very common. We're probably this is the docuseries version, but we're probably going to get a dramatized version down the line, too. The thing I just didn't like was that the first episode, I think it's just there's so much to set up. I mean, this happened in the late 90s and, you know, the guy's still missing. So that's a lot of info to cover and all the things that he did. And I don't know. I just wasn't hooked in immediately. Maybe I'll give it another shot. I don't Get know why. I out of here. Stop punishing yourself. You have other homework. You're going to watch Severance and you are not going to think yes, about this yes. show ever again. Oh, that's out of it. my mind. <laughs> Want to know my miss? It's yes. the number one show on Netflix. It's Bridgerton. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, to be fair, I have two misses and they are the number one and number two shows on Netflix right now. Number one is Bridgerton and number two is that stupid game show, Is It Cake?, which I'm sorry (laughs) if people liked it. Bridgerton, it just doesn't feel clever to me. It doesn't feel like a new story. It does not feel like a 2022 story that needs to be told. I feel like, you know, a man looking to choose his mate and he gets all the say in like what kind of like woman he wants. And it's just, it's just like this montage of, of quote unquote loser women. And it's that he's not going to choose. And it's so gross the way I feel like they, they lay that out where like, one doesn't read books, one doesn't know music, one's shy on a date. And I was like, this is terrible messaging to the world, regardless of whether you then come around with this headstrong character who finally challenges him, which is like everything, Taming of the Shrew down to, you know, everything. So I don't know why it's not more 2022 friendly. Like this is Shonda Rhimes. I don't know who is like the, let me get a a strong female lead to break genre here in everything show she does. And then I know she's more peripherally involved with this show because she has this huge Netflix deal with all of these different shows and movies. But it just felt like so unshonda to have this feel like it's stuck in the past. It is not my cup of tea. I'm kind of happy that it's not 2022. Tell me more. I watch TV to escape and I personally love that whole like time period. I just find it very interesting. And I do agree with you that it it is messed up that he's like, oh, she doesn't read books off the list. And that whole scene where he's literally crossing names off the list. Um, But I really like it. I I just think it's a good way to escape. And again, I just want to live in the set. And I think maybe that's why I like it. Look, (laughs) escapism. Living among the flowers. That is a great reason to watch a show, Escapism. I watch so much content because of that. No judgment here. I you know, I think we can agree to disagree on Bridgerton, but I don't know if I could agree to disagree on Is It Cake? It's hosted by Mikey Day from Saturday Night Live. The whole concept of the show is, is it cake? And people just make cakes that look like real things, and then they have to guess if it's cake or if it's the real thing. It just doesn't hold up. I understand this is escapism, but it feels like we're really scraping the bottom of the Netflix game show barrel, and Mikey Day is not a great host. It's very, like, cheesy, like he's in an SNL sketch the whole time. If you have time this week, I think you should turn away from Netflix temporarily and and put your attention on other things like Severance on Apple TV+. Plus. You're cracking me up. You have so much enthusiasm for <laughs> For is a game. You could not sound less enthused. God. (laughs) Rachel, our weekly segment is Guilty Pleasures this week. What's your guilty pleasure? Silence in the court. Guilty pleasures. (laughs) (laughs) I love Dara's voice. I feel like we should just talk about a a Law and Order episode now. Uh, Yeah, I know. My guilty pleasure is keeping up with the Kardashians, soon to be the Kardashians, uh, premiering on Hulu April 14th. 
Well, I was wondering, would these poor people ever get a new show? And they do have a new show. <laughs> and I know that Kimmy just gave that, Kimmy K just gave that, <laughs> that awful interview in Variety about how women should just get out there and work. You know what? No shame. I love the Kardashians. And I, they're just the best to me, <laughs> which makes me sound so ridiculous. <laughs> I just think they're so great. I'm here for all their drama. I love Courtney. I'm excited for the new season that's going to feature Travis Barker, Courtney's um, fiance. So hashtag Travis. It's just <laughs> Kylie is pregnant. Kendall and Kim are like fighting for the cover of Vogue. Chloe has all her man issues. I just love it so much. <laughs> I just love it. That's it. I, that's all I could say about it. I, I, anyone who hates the Kardashians, I totally get it. But ugh, I just give me more. I, I can't I can't say that I hate the Kardashians. I, I would say I, I have indifference. I, have, I haven't seen a single episode. Ever, ever? Maybe that's on purpose. No, because I'm, I don't want to watch this show, Rachel. Oh my gosh, because you're going to get sucked in. That's yeah, why. Yeah, of course. And I don't, that, that can't be my guilty pleasure. I've got other guilty <laughs> pleasures. I don't have time for this. I've got other shows to watch. Yeah, well, there are a lot of seasons. Are there a lot of seasons? So uh, Keeping Up With The Kardashians was originally on E! You can watch the new seasons, now, or not new, but the most recent seasons on Hulu. Um, but the first episode did premiere in 2007, which wow. you know, seems like a lifetime ago, which I guess it was. But yeah. if you were to watch it now and see their first episodes in 2007, I mean, like the house that they're in, just the nature of the show in general to now, it's such a production. And it's back when they started, it was more reality, I guess. And now it's just, oh, I just love it so much. Well, I'm <laughs> oh, very the, happy the glam, for you. The glam, I just can't, <laughs> I can't get over it's it. It's more escapism. And, you know, who doesn't want to like feel like they live in the Regency era or the Kardashian house? I get it. I get <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. My guilty pleasure is a little bit of a departure. It's uh, The View on ABC, a.k.a. Hulu, because uh, I watch everything later on Hulu. And I I feel like it's a guilty pleasure because it's not really a show people expect me to watch on a regular basis. And it's certainly not a show that I'm the target audience. But it is just so fun to watch. It, I mean, Joy Behar, Whoopi Goldberg, Sonny Hostin, who we talked about earlier, who is the host of your least favorite show, uh, Sarah Haynes. And it's this rotating seat filler, whoever playing the role currently that was created by Elizabeth Hasselbeck back in the day, back in 1997. So it, it's it's just really fun. And... I get that, you know, not everybody loves to get politics in their, you know, uh, guilty pleasure. But to me, it's a fun way to watch the news in this in kind of in a, in a different way than The Daily Show tries to do, where it's very jokey and sarcastic. I love this energy where people are just defending opinions. And I don't even think they know they each necessarily know that much about what they're talking about. But that's kind of our lives, right? Where we're just put on, at like Thanksgiving tables and we're fighting with our, our relatives. And it's fun that I am not involved. I can just watch Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg go in on formerly Meghan McCain or Candace Cameron or what, you know whoever it was in that spot. And it was fun to watch. And I really enjoyed, and it's not my source of news, but I enjoyed getting news and a take on the news, you know, in the first half of the episode. And then the second half is kind of like escapism where, you know, there's an interview with some celeb and I can just kind of have it on in the background. Joy Behar is very funny and Whoopi Goldberg makes the best faces. And <laughs> it's just the awkward way <laughs> Whoopi does this thing where she, she doesn't know how to naturally go to commercial. So, and it's her job. She's like the anchor. So it's her job to get this show to go to commercial break when she's supposed to go. But she feels this compulsion to connect whatever they were talking about to a commercial break 
And it's just never natural. So she'll be like, <laughs> so speaking of ways to keep your home safe from cat burglars, don't take a cat nap while we go to commercial. And I'm like, wait, you were talking about something totally different and you found a way to literally connect it to commercial. It's just brilliant. And I don't know what the fuck she's talking about, but I love it. <laughs> oh, I have never watched a single episode of The View. Well, Rachel... You already have a homework assignment, so this can just be. Please don't make that my homework. This can just be extra credit, but Joy Behar would appreciate a view if you uh, have it in you. Yeah. All right, Rachel. <laughs> we talked about a lot today, but I do think we learned a thing or two. What we learned? I learned that I would happily become the next Kardashian family member if they were willing to adopt me. I learned that Rachel and I have very different tastes in murder mystery shows. And that's okay. We're going to find one that we agree on. Well, you've got homework for next week, so I cannot wait to talk severance theories very soon. Until next time. Happy streaming. That's it for Stream On. Follow us on Instagram at shows and at Pure Wow. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Stream On is a Pure Wow and Gallery Media Group production.